welcome to another edition of Flea Market Fantasy, the world's second greatest Bronze Age era comic book podcast. Joining me as always is new Mike Al, Kevin Jank. That's right, I am here, but we have a very special guest who uh, will usurp that title back from me. Yes, joining us this week is old Mike L. Mike L! Yeah! That's right, I'm back. Woo! Thanks for having me. Good to have you back, Mike L. We have not spoken since the last episode. This is true, this is true. This is the first time we've spoken at all. I figured you were just sick of my shit and you didn't want to deal with this anymore. Well, no, it's not that at all, you know. Uh, actually, I was uh, pleasantly surprised when a certain Kevin Jank contacted me to have me on as a guest. So, yeah, this is this is great. Now, it's great to have you back, Michael. All right. But, <laughs> so you know, what have I missed? Well, you've missed a lot. You missed a okay. lot. <laughs> we did some good stuff. We found out that yeah. the Watchmen just ripped off uh, Squadron Supreme. We found that out very early on. <laughs> but who did it better is the question, right? <laughs> Squadron Supreme. But... <laughs> <laughs> We found the world's greatest villain that Marvel oh. created. Uh, well, two, actually, because I don't know which is <laughs> think better. Mike Allen, have you ever heard of Henrik von Schnickelschnapp? I have not. <laughs> is he DC or Marvel? Well, Marvel, of course, because uh, DC yep. can never come up with something that good. Um, he was in an episode uh, or an issue of uh, Marvel. Uh, what was that, Jank? A team up annual? Marvel team up annual. Yeah. And really? Spider Man, Knight, Power Man, Iron Fist. He was like a, and Purple Man was the main villain, but Kingpin, he was like an assassin that worked for Kingpin. You know what? I think I've read that. Which, which annual was it? Uh, number four, I believe. Like the cover is pretty famous. It's a Frank Miller cover of Purple Man's face. Oh, yes, I've read. We reviewed that on Here Comes the Spider. (laughs) Of course you did. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. That makes sense. <laughs> and the other big villain we encountered was a fellow named Turner D. Century. Oh, we we reviewed him as well. Yeah, he's one of our <laughs> yeah that was an 80s Spider-Man book. I would imagine you did that one too, yeah. Yeah, he oh, rode bikes through the air, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a bike horn that was going to kill everyone under the age of 65. <laughs> that was awesome, yeah. So, yeah, you've missed quite a bit, quite a bit. I'll, I will say this, though, Mike, I'll, uh you haven't missed a monkey. I don't think we've had a... Oh, have we had any monkeys since Michael's been going? Uh, we've been doing so many animal books lately, but... Oh, yeah, there yeah. were animals in that Rocket Raccoon. Remember the monkey... Uh, yeah, there was samurai. a monkey samurai in Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Mike always liked the monkey. All right. Books. But you know what else you uh, didn't miss, uh, Michael? Any, like, uh, Animal Man? Because we never ah, would have picked Animal Man. All right. But now well, you're here. Yeah. Saving so here's my question. Did I miss any DC comics? Yeah, Jake's sure. a jerk, so he takes DC <laughs> every once in a while. Really? I'm keeping the traditions alive. All right, well, I'll have to go back and listen to just those episodes. Then. He has to irritate me by picking. <laughs> he picked a Justice League uh, issue where uh, Batman punches Guy Gardner. Oh, and, number five, and, of course. Uh, famous. That was terrible. Oh, uh, no. well, <laughs> he, picked, uh, uh, he picked an, uh, an uh, issue of The Shadow. Oh, nice. Yeah, that, uh, the Bill Sienkiewicz run. Oh, nice, nice. Never read that. Eh, wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Weird art. Hellblazer. Hellblazer. Yes. Good stuff. Yeah, that was Bob better Hart. later. If you're doing, if you're still doing up to 89, I think you probably did a Jamie Delano or how do you pronounce his name? Yep. Jamie Delano. Yeah. yeah. I think it was yep. him, yeah. It gets better later when Garth Ennis takes over. 
Is that all the DC we've done since he's been gone, Jack? Uh, you've done, you've picked uh, more. No, than we've that, right? done, yeah, we've definitely done some more. Um, I know at Christmas time, I wanted to keep the tradition oh, going, fuck. doing a DC, uh, <laughs> yeah, Christmas special. So I had to dip into the Elvira House of Mystery. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm in after my own heart. House of Mystery. Uh, Mike, L, uh, I mean, we're still a few months away, but uh, October without Mike L, I don't think it'll be the same, you know. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah, I might have to come back for that as well. I've, I've got some DC anthologies that are just waiting to be read. Hundred pages. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike L, uh, you were here. We did the show like uh, three years or something, and at no point did you pick Animal Man. So I figured I was safe that Animal Man wasn't around in like the eighties. But then Jack tells me, no, 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 it came in in the late eighties, and he picked Animal Man issue five. For yeah. The day. So well, why why didn't you pick Animal Man? Because you love a, Animal Man. That's a good question. It's, it was on my radar, but after <laughs> we reviewed Sandman and Swamp Thing and both were given <laughs> negative reviews by Mike Dell, I just lost hope and I thought, what's the point? So oh, I didn't you're... pick Animal Man. <laughs> it's like playing handball with the drapes. <laughs> there are just a few writers I don't enjoy, and uh, Mike Dell seems to like all of them. Uh but uh, what else is going to say about that? Oh, who do you like more, uh, An- or Animal Man or Quasar? Well, you know, for different reasons. Like, I mean, I like Quasar. I, you know, Quasar is a good comic, but it's not groundbreaking or anything. Yeah. But uh, it, it's more like I feel like Quasar is like my my alter ego, right? Like my alter ego in Marvel. <laughs> and Animal Man is more like... You know, um, it's hard to explain. Like, I don't like Animal Man because he's such a great character. It's more like I like the comic itself, you know? Huh. Yeah, he was not even a character in this issue. <laughs> not really. really? No. An empty suit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about Animal Man there, Mike because uh, we – I have no knowledge of this. Last week, uh, Jank and I were trying to figure out what the fuck is Animal Man? What does he do? You know, and we were kind of guessing. And I think we, we hit on it, Jank. Didn't we say he can get the powers of animals or something? Yeah, I guess that was what we that's what we were guessing. Kind of like, you know, in Hot Rod, which is like the grace of an eagle and shit like yes, that. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't I don't know that reference. Is that that oh, Andy oh. Sandberg or Absolutely. Yep. Great okay. movie. Great movie. <laughs> well, uh Mike, what was your first experience with Animal Man? Uh I might have had an action comics uh when I was a kid where he guest starred in Superman because he was a yeah. member of the superheroes, the Forgotten Heroes. I don't know if you've come across that team. I but, have not come across that team. I did not read that. I don't yeah, know. He, he teamed up with, I think it was Cave Carson and Dolphin and a couple of, maybe Rick. <laughs> Wait, Wait, I <laughs> Who in the blue hell is Cave Carlson? Cave Carson. Oh, this was, you know, this was back in the, I think it was in the 60s or 70s where DC had a superhero for every theme, including exploring caves. And his name <laughs> Cave Carson, okay? <laughs> it's like that Gary Coleman movie, Jank, where he gets trapped yeah. in a cave. There you go. Oh, here I'll look. At, I'm running down the list. Animal Man, Ballistic, Cave Carson, Fetish, The Ray, Fetish, The Fetish. fetish is you know what's funny? I don't know because he's the only one that doesn't have his own entry here, so I have no idea who Fetish is. Uh, and then Resurrection wow, you need to Man. Find one of his books. Yeah, there you go. Fetish. Fetish. All right. Uh, well, this Animal Man fella, uh, his first appearance, Michael, was way back in 1965. Yes. The, the character's name is Bernard Buddy Baker. Right. Oh, Buddy. First appeared in Strange Adventures issue 180, 1965, and he was originally called A-Man. 
<laughs> yeah, wasn't that kind of a nickname? I think I don't know if he was ever actually called that, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I, like his costume, his first costume was had a giant A on it. True, that's true. So, yeah. And then he adopted the name Animal Man in issue 190. Ah, okay. Of okay. Uh, Strange Adventures, he was created by Dave Wood and Carmine Infantino. Hmm. Now we know Carmine Infantino. Do you know anything about Dave Wood? Actually, no. To be honest, I thought he was created by Arnold Drake, so I got his backstory completely wrong. Yeah. I'm just going from memory here, though. Uh, he had he had 11 total appearances pre-crisis. Okay. Uh, he had five in Strange Adventures, two in Wonder Woman, two in Action Comics, which is where you probably saw him, mm-hmm. and then two in DC Comics Presents. Ah, oh, with Superman, yes. Yeah. Uh, and Buddy Baker, his original story was that he was a film stuntman. Hmm. And as a result of being in proximity to an exploding extraterrestrial spaceship, Buddy acquires the ability to temporarily borrow the abilities of animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not seeing the connection there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An alien spaceship blows up. I can mimic animals. That's what happens yeah. to anybody that, you know, goes through that particular experience. So then, uh, like, you know, like... Jeff's fell into some toxic waste at the zoo or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I like that. Uh, then Mike L's hero, Grant Morrison, who wrote this issue here today. Well, he's like, Alan Moore is your beloved, right? They're both my beloveds. Right. Both. <laughs> so Grant Morrison revamped the character for what was originally supposed to be a four-issue limited series in 1988, but it proved popular, so they just kept rolling into an ongoing series, and that lasted 89 issues. That's right. And Morrison wrote the first 26. Yes. And then uh, Jamie Delano, who you mentioned earlier, uh, eventually uh, took over at some point, I think around issue 50 or something. And then, uh, Mike, it seems like he just ripped off Swamp Thing. He, like, redid the uh, origin kind of of Animal Man. Oh, you know, I haven't read that, but, yeah, I believe he tied him into well. What he did? Something okay. Because then it's Swamp Thing. Wasn't he connected to the green, which is all like the plant? Right. Yes. So he, uh, this Jamie Delano fella, he killed Buddy Baker, but then he was hmm. resurrected as an avatar, whatever the fuck. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And then the avatar was connected to the red, mm. so he could he, instead of the green for plants, red for animals, so he could buy get his powers from animals through the red. Mm. So hmm. he just ripped off your buddy Alan Moore. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Lemire followed up with that idea in his Animal Man run in 2011. I didn't really; it was okay, but I didn't love it. You know. Yeah. Did they ever so, expand to the other colors so you can find yeah. out the blue it shit? That's just like I. I wouldn't be surprised. I bet you there is. I bet you they did them all. You know, brown yeah. is like insects. Blue is fish. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> um, you can talk to species. Uh, the writer here for this issue is Grant Morrison, and the artist is Chaz Truig. Truig? Yeah, Truig. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Yeah, uh, T-R-U-O-G. And uh, this Chaz fella, he did 28 of the first 32 issues. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about him? No, and to be honest, I'm not a big fan of his. Uh, and I don't even know if he did anything after this. He has 50. He had like 52 credits, I think, on uh, DC Fandom, but okay. um, he did a lot of independent stuff. Um, apparently his history with, uh, at Grant Morrison isn't the best. They didn't have a great relationship. That's what I heard too. Yeah. He didn't really like working with them. Uh, yeah. So, and then he didn't kind of like, he said after he left Animal Man, 
he would try and get other jobs, and they said, well, it's a superhero book, and you you did Animal Man. That's really not a superhero book, so mm. we don't want you. Then when he tried to get a book that wasn't a superhero book, uh, they'd say, well, uh, you you know, uh, Animal Man there, that was a superhero book. And he's like, well, no, it wasn't a superhero So he was screwed either mm. way, you know. But uh, yes. <laughs> he, did a, he did a bunch of independent stuff, though, like a whole bunch. He really liked Leonardo da Vinci, and I guess he did some sort of uh, comic book series about Leonardo da Vinci. Mm, okay. That sounds thrilling. Yeah. Well, maybe he didn't get work because he just wasn't a good artist. Actually, oh, yeah. Mike Ailes is dropping the hammer. <laughs> yeah. This is the kind of toxicity we've missed since Mike Ailes hasn't been here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bet he's blocked him on Twitter. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. All right, Mike. Anyway. But this Grant Morrison fellow, Mike Ailes, you love him. But he's part of the whole Alan Moore and uh, Neil Gaiman, the British invasion of comic books, right? Absolutely. Yep. And he came in. Uh, tell tell the kids all about your Grant Morrison and uh, what he's famous for. Well, he first became kind of famous by doing um, Batman: Arkham Asylum, which oh, right. is to this day still the biggest money maker for DC ever. Oh. Um, yeah, and uh, and then he went on to do Vertigo books. Well, if you like Animal Man and Doom Patrol, which evolved into Vertigo, right? And then um, eventually he went over to and, – oh, and then he rebooted the Justice League as the JLA. I think it was in 96 or 97. That was a huge hit. And then he went to Marvel and did uh, New X-Men. He Marvel. ruined the X-Men, yeah. yeah the best <laughs> X-Men run ever, yes. And then he, I tried <laughs> reading that X-Men run, and I, I'm kind of with Jank on this one. I just uh, thought that was not good. It's the best X-Men run. But anyway, then he went back to DC and did All-Star Superman. He did uh, Seven Soldiers. He did uh, a few Batman. other things. Yeah, oh, that's right. Six-year run of Batman. How can I forget that? Yeah. yeah. Batman mm-hmm. R.I.P., the Black Case book, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, uh, and all that right, stuff. right. Yeah, huge run. Right. Not, and, and that was controversial. And to be honest, I don't. I disagree with a lot of the ideas there. Like, it was very well written, but I didn't like the idea of Batman Incorporated and all that. It yeah. was. I didn't love <laughs> it. got stupid. Stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he, and then later in his career, now he's, he's doing a lot of oddball stuff. Like he did Happy, which turned into a TV show. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, Happy. Yeah, I saw I that. It was, a, when it it was on out. like FX, right? Something so, like that, yeah. yeah. FX. It was okay. It wasn't great. But yeah, he's, I mean, I have to accept that he's past his peak now, right? He's just not as good as he used to be. So I still right. buy everything he does, though. Wow. Yep. What was your favorite thing you did, Arkham Asylum or? Animal no, no, no. Probably, probably Animal Man or Doom Patrol or All Star Superman. Those three. Yeah, I've never read any Doom Patrol. Jack, have you ever ever read Doom Patrol? No. Interesting. It's really good. At some point. Uh, he, here's what I know about the Grant Morrison because I never read any of his comic book stuff. But uh, Jack, you've heard me talk about this many times. But he was. Mm-hmm. I, I saw him give a speech at uh, Disinfocon 1999. Uh, I saw the video of it. I wasn't there in person. But he talked about having an experience with aliens, you know. And then he talked about uh, having uh, practicing magic mm-hmm. and sigil magic <laughs> and uh, charging up the sigils by jerking off. That's what I know. About <laughs> he, hey. also, he also, I think there was a book he was doing. It might have been Invisible that was on the verge of cancellation. Yes. Yep. And so he had all of his fans do a wank off. Yep. Right, so to, to save it from cancellation, I he think said, "Charge up your sigils by jerking off, and we can save it from cancellation." But it still got canceled, right? Aww, only those people would jerk off. Market Fantasy should try that one day. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't kill this show. We just keep going. 
I want to get to number 75 in Argentina. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mike L. Uh, you would take uh, pride in this, but uh, a few weeks ago, I got an email from some random dude, and he said, congratulations. Flea Market, San- Flea Market Fantasy is the 79th ranked book podcast in Argentina. Get out of here. <laughs> so wow. There are only 78 more podcasts about yeah. books yeah. in Argentina <laughs> better than this wow. show. Impressive. <laughs> I'm very proud of that, yeah. You helped build that, Michael. You helped build that. And then it so. took off after I left and yanked it over. <laughs> wow. But, uh, hey, you mentioned the Invisibles. Um, was that any good? Because I've heard that mentioned a few times over it's, the years. It's really good, but it's also really hard to understand. Like, <laughs> something something you should say about Grant Morrison is that um, some of his comics – are very hard to understand, but most of them are much clearer on the second or third read-through, you know? Yeah, I remember he did this uh, six-issue limited series in, like, 99 or 2000 called Marvel Boy that I still don't understand. Like, I think (laughs) I did try reading it again, like, for the first time a couple years ago. I was like, oh, I'm an adult now. I'll get it. Still no (laughs) clue what the fuck's happening. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but it, there are comics he's done that are weirder than that. Like, um, I mean, um, like his more obscure stuff, like Kill Your Boyfriend and and uh, stuff like that. But then even like uh, Final Crisis, that was a book that oh, was yeah. marketed as a big superhero crossover DC event. And it, it was so incomprehensible. Most people hated it. Of course, I loved it, right? But <laughs> anyway, I'm asking me to skit about that. I'll send it to you guys later. Ooh, sweet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man! Anything uh, Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, Mike L loves. Just Absolutely, yeah. Just the way it is. Anything else we should know about Grant Morrison? Uh, not really. Um, not really. Does a lot no. of drugs. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> does a lot like of drugs. Else. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, I read an interview with Grant Morrison when I was um uh, maybe in, like nineteen ninety, so I was like fourteen, whatever. And that's like my manifesto for comic books, like. His attitude towards superheroes and and his hatred of realism. He does not like realism comics, like the whole uh, Dark Knight, uh, Frank Miller thing. He hated that. He actually didn't like Watchmen either. So, hmm. yeah, just something to think about. Well, Jake and I didn't like his X Men stuff. So, but see, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. But whatever. <laughs> All works out. All right. Well, let's talk about Animal Man. Right. Well, I'm going to assume that since Jank is the co-host, Jake is going to do the plot summary, correct? Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wing it. We'll, we'll see how it yeah. goes. But, uh, Just beep back and forth. Michael, yeah. would you like to – usually Jank describes the covers. But, sure. Uh, well, like yeah. To, would you, you, like, so you'd, like, I, you'd like me to do the honors? Yeah, how about it, Jank? Would you sure. like Michael yeah. to do it? Take the reins. Okay. So this is uh, – oh, one second. I just knocked my earphones out of my <laughs> Uh, this is a pretty famous cover. I yes, have seen this very, one before. Yes, this is drawn by uh, Brian Bolland, who oh nice, yeah, who's most okay. famous as a cover artist. Um, he did a long run on Animal oh. Man on. Um, uh, He's a Batman guy, right? Uh, he only did the yeah, Killing, Killing joke. joke. Yeah, the Killing Joke, which is that's all he did. Yep. For yeah, in fact, to be honest, the only other regular interior work that I can remember him doing was good old Camelot 3000. He didn't do the one we read, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that was Brian Bolland. Holy shit. Oh, Brian Bolland. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Do you, yeah. he, do you think he came up with the idea for the flashlight on the crowbar in the year 3000? 
Only geniuses come up with that. Uh, I know one other book he did a lot of regular work on, but it's going to be my next pick, so I'll I'll oh, save it. Awesome. Wow, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how about that? Oh, I, I might have a guess that I'm not going to say. I'll wait. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So anyway, so we got this image of um, Animal Man laying on his back with his arms out in a Christ-like pose, but he's laying on the ground, and beneath him we see like tire tracks, but the tire tracks are forming a, like a cross. But the cool thing is, is that he's in color, but the ground is in black and white. And as we get towards the bottom of the cover, we can see that he's at, we can see that he's just a comic book drawing and he's kind of, kind of one leg is kind of coming off the ground and like the bottom of both his legs are just pen and ink. And we can see an actual human hand, you know, filling in the color, color with a, with a paintbrush. So it's really cool. Yeah. Jack, thoughts? <laughs> yep, that sums it up. It's pretty it's pretty cool looking. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a good cover. I guess we should mention the uh Animal Man uh title. It's got like claws on across the like scratches. Right, like a right. cat. Like a right. cat. Right. That to it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh it's a pretty good uh cover there. Um yeah. now Jake costume's not the best. <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't oh, say yeah. the best. Wait, wait, we have to point out, he's got a jacket. That is yeah. a Grant, Grant Morrison, like, um, what, what's that called when someone has oh, a uh, trademark, kind of? He, yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the, the Chaz guy, the artist, the Chaz guy, he gave him this particular jacket. Uh, I, I, he said when he took over, the, or, or when he started, the, I guess he started from the beginning, right? But the initial idea was to have him have in a jean jacket. Mm. And he gave him this jacket. Which is a little more uh, hot topic like. I don't know. How would you describe yeah. Jank? I don't know. Flashy, futuristic. Yeah. Yeah, a jean jacket wouldn't have worked. Uh, but Michael, describe his costume for the kids who've never seen Animal Man. So he's got kind of, I guess you could call it like a, like a cyclops skull cap that is open on the top so you can see his blonde hair. Then he has goggles. Um, his skull cap is kind of dark bluish black. Uh, then that goes into his costume that is mainly orange, but he has not an actual A, but kind of like the shape of an A, just without the second line, right? Like across his chest. And then well, they can't uh, call him A-Man anymore because he yeah. doesn't really have an actual A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why. And uh, and then he's got um, like bluish black gloves and bluish black boots, but the boots are kind of almost like they have like a feather um, like outline at the top, right? I'm assuming that's what that is, like animal, yeah. right? Sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, and then yeah. So the jacket and the A are also blue. Yeah, he has, like we said earlier, he has a jacket on, so very cool. Jake, not a fan of the costume. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. It's uh, I don't know. It's not my favorite costume by any means. Yeah, I'm not scared of this guy. If I'm a criminal, <laughs> yeah, not scared animal man. Well, see, I don't want to be scared. I want to be like. I don't know. I want to be inspired by a superhero. Yeah, that's what this is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not inspired by him either. So I think I'm yeah. really Either way. All right. So we like Havoc, but not as cool. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yeah. So, all right. We open it up and we see a little uh, thing here. Vertigo Comics is by far the HBO of the comic book world. And that's a quote from the Washington Examiner. Yep. And then there's a little intro here. This is obviously much newer. This little piece was added like 20 years later or something. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
politics. I mean, they're clearly overlooking Marvel team up. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that was really true. Yeah. Hey, did we say what year this is? This is eighty nine, right? I think it's. Is it? Uh, what does it say? Could be eighty eight. Uh, but it, yeah, the little bit. The series started in eighty eight, but I think uh, the cover date here is. It doesn't fucking matter. It's eighty eight, eighty nine. It just got <laughs> yeah. in under the wire. It is December eighty eight. Yeah, so right there. So um, before the Batman movie, Batman and the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess all history based on whether it could happen before oh, or after the first Batman. Yeah, because so, of me, I always put it in terms of Alf. Was it pre or post <laughs> Alf? <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> so this is what? Is this post-Alf or during Alf? Yeah, this is post-Alf. Well, because I always say 86 is when Alf started, you know, so that's his post-Alf. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, okay, okay. But, uh, the only one is canon. <laughs> all right, Jank, so uh, tell us where we start here, Jank, when we open up the book. Uh, so we get a, a shot of the highway. There's some roadkill on the road there. Uh, it looks like a coyote. Um, and this says, this is where it starts. And there's a trucker who has picked up uh, a young lady who uh, is smoking in the truck there. And uh, she's like, yes, the last guy kicked me out because I wouldn't like, you know, you know, the unwritten book of the road that we learned all about. in James (laughs) 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 What you got to do to get a ride. But apparently she's like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. So he's like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, But he's like, yeah, don't go to Hollywood. Like, it sucks down there. And she says, ah, you sound just like my mom. If I wanted this crap, I'd have stayed at home. Jeez. Yeah, she wants to be an actress, you know? Yeah. She has dreams of making it big. She wants to be in Mr. Meat commercials. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) She's smoking her cigs. Smoking a dart, you know? Yep. And and this fella here, uh, he's a gay fellow, this guy, you know? Yeah. He's, He's a boyfriend. Uh, he's got his picture of his boyfriend on his visor there. And his boyfriend gave him like a silver cross to wear. Mm-hmm. This was Lucky Charm. He's like, but, my boyfriend saved me. If it wasn't for him, I'd still be on the on the smack or be, be in the AIDS ward. <laughs> on the smack. <laughs> and they start singing along to a song. Now, did either of you recognize the song that they're singing? I did not. Nope. <laughs> not a clue. But I guess we could Google the lyrics. I could do that well. That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. This show is not really known for that. <laughs> so, all right. So there's, yeah, he's driving the 18 wheeler down the highway there, and uh, then something runs out in front of him, Michael. What happens now? Uh, let me just click back. I was doing some research, but I oh, sorry, yeah, research. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's my bad. Uh, no, but anyway, so what happens then is something uh, appears in front of them, and it turns out that it's a coyote, and they run over it. And it's uh, we only see the coyote after they've run over it. And basically, we see that it's like a desert with like cacti and stuff in the background. And then, um, yeah, we see like this disgusting, you know, carcass of this creature that's been basically what is that? What's the word? Bisected? Yeah. Yeah. yeah bisected it. nearly. And then this is where we kind of change directions of the story. I don't know if I should if I should say this, but basically we start now with um, first person narration. Right. Well, not really, but no. What's that? Second person? Third person? Yeah, it's narration. Third. Yeah, describing uh, what's happening here. And then you can uh, take it from here, Jank. <laughs> so they describe pretty much everything that's happening in great detail here. The pain is gigantic. A newly an- activated nervous system is suddenly jammed with frantic signals like an overworked switchboard. The creature shudders, weeping. Its pelvic girdle fuses along hairline sutures. 
<laughs> to cradle rapidly healing organs. Those are words I didn't think I would hear in a comic book. Uh, <laughs> his pelvic girdle. Uh, a splintered rib that saws back and forth in one lung is withdrawn. The thoracic what? cage locks seamlessly. Wasn't that the name of your band in college, Jank? The Pelvic Girdle? Pelvic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We were pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, so the creature's I... getting up. It's, uh, wait, it's not I just a coyote, it's a coyote man, essentially. Sorry, I found out what song it is, and I'm going to wait to tell you because it ties in. I'll tell you later. Go ahead. Oh, wow, it ties okay. in. Yeah. <laughs> he was putting thought into this. Yeah. Of course, people could not Google the lyrics back in 1988, so probably no one <laughs> got this. So, yeah, the coyote guy, it's a coyote on two legs walking around. Uh, he, he's back to full health now. He healed himself. And we should say the truck that hit him uh, had Ajax on the side of it. Mm-hmm. And this coyote keeps dying throughout the book, keeps coming back. You know, he's doing the old Acme and the mm-hmm. Wiley Coyote, you know, he's doing the old gimmick there. Right. I think his name is Crafty Coyote. So, Crafty. Yeah. And it's funny because legally distinct enough. We should point out that at this time, DC was already owned by Warner Brothers, but they probably just didn't use it for whatever legal reason, right? But yeah, yeah supposedly they could. I guess they could have, but they didn't. So then we cut to uh, the home of uh, Buddy Baker. Is that his name? Buddy Baker, yep. Buddy Baker. And there's a uh, televangelist on the TV there. And uh, this Buddy Baker fellow, Michael, he's married and he has two children. Right. right. That's right. A, a son well, and a daughter. Yep. Yeah. And we, we see Buddy uh, in the uh, refrigerator there and he's tossing out all the uh, meat from the refrigerator. And, uh, That's right. Mr. Meat would not stand for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Meat would be outraged at this. <laughs> But uh, and then he says, "Hey, we got some tofu." And his son's like, "Tofu, gross! This son's a creep. <laughs> this son's great. <laughs> I would adopt him, especially his haircut." Mike, are you still veganing it up over there in Canada? Well, vegetarian. I, I was oh, only okay. vegan briefly, and then I went to Acapulco Delight once and tried vegan tacos, and I was like, "Never <laughs> again." I went right back. To okay, yeah, so it didn't work. <laughs> well, I am still veganing it up here, so. Uh... This kid's a creep. <laughs> Great. Uh, so then Jake, the wife, comes in, and she is not amused that Buddy's throwing out all their meat. No, that, that's that's problematic. Why would you get rid of good meat? They spent thousands of dollars on this problem. Well, well, Buddy <laughs> properly points out this is animal flesh. You're eating the, the muscles and tendons and flesh of animals. It's disgusting. Right. <laughs> She's like, yeah, we've been doing this our entire lives. Get the fuck over it. <laughs> <laughs> See, a lot of people will argue which is the who's the greatest DC superhero, like Batman, Superman. You got some edge lords who will say it's Sandman, uh, but really, I think it's this wife. The wife is the real. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Mike L. In this version of uh, Animal Man, did he get his powers from an exploding spaceship? Uh, what they do is they uh, there's a tie into the series in Secret Origins. I think it's Secret Origins number nine. And they, uh, wait a minute, Secret Origins. We read that, right? With, uh, that was where Pie Face comes from, right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, but in that story, they, he addresses that, that origin and I think he revises it a little bit, but it's roughly the same. Yeah. Okay. So, but clearly this, this, uh, incident where he gets these powers, now he thinks differently about the world around him. He can't be eating animals when he's, uh, he has a kinship with the animals now. That's right. Yep. <laughs> 
Maybe you should think differently about the shorts he's wearing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is going on there? That's the other thing I want to point out. He's like, uh, he's cut off jean shorts. So either he's going to appear in Sleepaway Camp, uh, one of Jack's favorite movies, or uh, uh, Tobias Fuque from uh, Arrested Development. He's a, never, he's a never nude. He always has to keep on the uh, cut off jean shorts. Yeah. Mike Hill, have you ever seen Arrested Development in Canada? Do they show that? Uh, I've maybe seen a few episodes. I did enjoy it, but I just couldn't commit to the whole series, so I stopped. But I'll get there's back a, There's a guy who always wears jean shorts, and that's Buddy Baker. He's uh, He's got the jean shorts. Right, on. yeah. They don't, they're not hitting the knee or anything like that. It's like, no, no, they're <laughs> Daisy Dukeling. So, uh, now, do you think he was wearing those jean shorts before the incident with the aliens? Or that you could think have that's been the cause of it. I'm not sure, yeah. The aliens saw him and they're like, skadoosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the wife says, you, you put that meat down right now. So he just puts the meat down on the counter. He says, all right, fine. Don't expect me home for dinner. And he storms out. <laughs> Buddy Baker's a real jerk, too. See where his son gets it. Yeah. yeah. This family is going to be split in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so now we finally see uh, Animal Mania here in all his glory in his little outfit. He's flying around just uh, checking out the world there, see what there is to see. And now, Michael, we cut to uh, the fellow who was in the truck previously, but now it's like a year after that opening Right, scene. right. One year later, Michael. Yes. And so, so what's he- happening now? He is, um, he's talking about how everything, when everything started to go wrong. And he's talking about this, this character called, he keeps calling the devil, the devil. And it looks like he's plotting to harm this devil. And we see him, um, like laying out like a, like a wire. And then there's some dynamite there. So he's, you know, he's basically setting a bomb. He also has a rifle with him. And he's talking about how he's going to kill the devil. He's going to kill the devil. And then we cut back and we see that same picture of him from earlier. And then we see this picture. Well, well I- yeah, the same picture of him and his boyfriend. Because after that incident on the road where they ran over the coyote, his boyfriend died, right? Mm-hmm. He got hit in a car accident. And then that girl he had picked up uh, dies. Uh, a prostitute is slain, says yes. the headline. Yes, and it's that girl. headline. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So every, everything in his life is gone. And uh, he blames, for some reason, he blames that <laughs> yeah. coyote that they he ran over with an 18-wheeler. Right. And he, he tells the girl. Dead. Yeah, he tells the girl, don't look back. Don't look back. So there's no way he could know that that coyote later, because that, that truck would have been way out the highway by the time mm-hmm. that coyote reformed. So I was yeah. a little confused as why he associated that coyote with the devil and why <laughs> he didn't think it was dead. And why he would come back a year later looking to kill that devil. Uh, yeah. any, thought, any thoughts on that, Well, I think that's the idea, is that he has an irrational belief that this <laughs> devil was responsible, right? So, I suppose, but it's... You know. Yeah, but how do you even know it existed? That's yeah. the question. <laughs> well, he just assumed whatever he hit. So if he hit a, a squirrel, he'd be coming back looking for a squirrel. I, I, I don't know. It's just... Uh, it's a little weird, but all right. But Mike, you know, he sees it. He just happens to see a coyote. That same coyote guy sitting on the edge of a cliff. Well, yeah. 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 A year later. Yes. He tracks him down. And, and uh, yeah. What happens? Okay, so we see the coyote sitting there. And we should point out that this coyote is sort of like, this is not the wily coyote. This is like almost like a, a werewolf, like a man coyote, right? Like it's shaped more like a man, but it has the face of a coyote, but it's furry. And so he's lining up his gun and he's got the coyote in its sights 
Now, again, I pointed out earlier, I don't like this art, but the way that Chaz Truog draws the coyote is pretty freaking cool because he turns around and he's got this giant kind of almost bug eye and this like freakish scared look on his face at all times. And it's pretty effective. Yeah, it so, is cartoony. So it's, it's fitting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So then he shoots the coyote and it, the bullet goes right through the coyote. And then we see a scene that's straight out of Looney Tunes, right? Where the coyote kind of tumbles back and then Grant Morrison actually writes briefly its feet pedal empty empty air right which is the classic thing where the cartoon character doesn't even realize that you know the floor is not there anymore or it's in the air or whatever so then he starts to fall and we see the classic getting smaller and smaller and smaller until he hits the ground and then there's a big puff of smoke right as it hits Mm -hmm. and then uh and then we once again um Oh, so, yeah, so sorry, so then the coyote's still alive, but then we see a shadow getting bigger and bigger, and then we see this giant rock land on top of it, but I think it's still alive. So now the guy, uh, what's his name, Bill? No. Is this Bill? Uh, do they ever say his name? Maybe we'll just go. Uh, Billy was his boyfriend. That's true, yeah, we'll call him Bob. Um, all right, so yes. Bob starts to run down to the, you know, the ravine to just to confirm that he's dead, and just then... Animal Man comes flying out of the sky. There's actually another uh, vulture kind of flying, just like there was earlier in the story. And Animal Man's flying. And then uh, the narration's like, all he needs is a little time. Time to get close enough to use the second bullet, the magic bullet. And then Animal Man flies down, and now we see that the coyote's risen again, right? That's another good shot. That's actually really good art of the coyote standing there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but you hate this guy. He blocked you on Facebook because you hate him. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then Animal Man soars down, and then this is where we see another cross, right? We see the, uh, the highways crossing there, so it's another cross reference. And then, um, and then the man, Bob, decides to, um, now he, he, he sees the coyote walking towards the wire that's gonna activate the bomb, and he's like, don't move, there's a bomb! There's a, and then from the air we see the explosion. And then he's, in the, in the smoke and all the debris, he's like looking up, and now we can see that the coyote's still alive. And he's standing there, and his arm is all, like, kind of half off and all mangled. And he's got this ghastly look on his face. And we notice now that he's got something uh, around his neck. I don't know if we noticed that earlier. Yeah, he had it around uh, at the yeah. beginning of the book, too. Okay. But it's interesting that he can get hit by 18-wheelers, and he can get shot and blown up, and rocks fall on him and smash him. But that little container he has around his neck doesn't break. That's a good point. <laughs> you call that a plot hole if you want. Mm-hmm. It's mystical. It's protected, yeah, exactly. I guess. So, but uh, Animal Man wants to see what that explosion was. You know, hey, there's an explosion. Mm-hmm. I got to go check it out. And uh, and then the coyote jank. The coyote walks over to him, and he hands him that thing around his neck. Like, yeah. he works it there, and he takes out a piece of paper and hands it to Animal Man. And uh, what does Animal Man discover? Uh, well, he really doesn't discover anything because <laughs> it's in a language he can't read. That's but right. uh, we, the reader, <laughs> get to see the backstory here. This is apparently the the coyote gospel that the title was referring to. Um, apparently, this coyote was from like a cartoon universe, kind of like the Rocket Raccoon world, just with full of cartoons. <laughs> and uh, everyone was it was pure chaos. Like everyone was fighting. There was pure war between all the different you know animals on this planet. And uh, so in order to bring peace, like, Crafty ends up having to become, uh, like, some kind of Prometheus-type creature where he's just, like, he gets 
the shit killed out of him constantly and he keeps regrowing his, you know, parts back and getting back to full health just so he can keep doing it over and over again. And God has made him a deal that if he keeps doing that, he keeps taking all this pain and all this suffering, then the, the cartoon world will have peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got banished from the cartoon world to Earth's dimension. So he's yeah. now an Earth and he has to keep suffering and, and he thinks he can save his world, you know. And if uh, he just keeps on fighting through the pain and he right. wants to figure out a way to get back and bring down their evil God to save the cartoon world, basically. Right. Yeah. And like you said, when he hands Animal Man the, the script there, Animal Man looks at it. And it's all in just like hieroglyphics mumbo jumbo. And uh, mm-hmm. Mike Kelly says, I, I, I can't read it. Right. You know? And yeah, right. and it's cool because we don't find that out until we, the reader, have read the whole story. And then he kind of just. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't read it. And so it's just, it's a, it's a little punch in the gut to realize that was all for nothing, you know, from the point of view yeah. of Animal Man. So it's kind of funny. Um, and then and Bob, that, the, yeah. the, uh, the guy, he, he's and, still alive, even though he got caught up in the explosion. He's still alive and right. he peeks out behind a rock and he says, Hey, I got, uh, I got a bullet, a magic bullet now. Now yeah. one might question why, why he, he didn't use the magic bullet first. the first time. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. It's a good point. Just, you know. Yeah. Could have saved a lot of trouble. Well, you know why? Because then there wouldn't be a story. Exactly. And that's the sign of bad writing. He was saving the magic bullet. It wasn't much of a story. (laughs) He was saving the magic bullet, yeah. But yeah, the magic bullet is that silver cross his boyfriend Billy gave him. He melted it down into a silver bullet. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And silver bullets kill wolfmen and apparently cartoon coyotes. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty convenient. Again, he didn't know what this thing was <laughs> or that it really was still alive, but he somehow knew that silver would kill it. <laughs> so, yeah, so while uh, Animal Man's are talking to the coyote guy, uh, Bob snipes him right through the heart with the silver bullet. Mm-hmm. And uh, the coyote's like, oh, shit, I'm actually going to die this time, you know? And uh, he collapses. And then Bob says, oh, Billy, I did it. I saved the world. And uh, And he collapses and he dies. And then Animal Man's consoling the uh, coyote there while the coyote dies. And again, the coyote's flayed out like Jesus on the cross. And, uh, and then, Micah, what's the big dramatic reveal there in the final two panels? Well, then we see that a paintbrush has come in and is painting the blood underneath the coyote. And there's a human hand attached to it. And then it, the camera kind of pans out. And then we see the hand kind of in the air. And then at the bottom... Almost like a Looney Tunes, it says, the end, folks, instead of that's all, folks, implying that, you know, this is like the end of a cartoon. So there yeah. it is. That's Animal Man, issue five. <laughs> yep, the Coyote yeah. Gospel. <laughs> yeah. Jack, what'd you think? Uh, You know what? I don't know. I didn't really learn a whole lot about Animal Man in this. <laughs> I'll say that much, other than that he flies and uh, doesn't really do anything. Except to argue with his wife. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the story itself was fine. Unlike most of Grant Morrison's stuff, it, it wasn't confusing. Uh, you know, it's somewhat kind of pretentious, but that's Oh, somewhat. Yeah, you can crank that up <laughs> yeah. a few notches. Uh, but As, uh, compared he's to most clearly, of the stuff, he's clearly talking life. about religion and God and uh, the nature of humans, you know, taking all the suffering for a uh, supposedly loving God. And, and then Bob thinks he's saving the world by killing the devil. But it is not a devil, you know? It's just a good old coyote trying to save his own world, you know? So it's like, yeah. So he's shooting for bigger things here than typical comic book fare. But Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's, I don't know. 
I want some punching. Where's the punching? <laughs> I mean, it's interesting to try to t- try to do that and tell those t- kinds uh, kinds of stories with a cartoon world. Like that is kind of an interesting thing to try to bring in, like a Wiley e. Coyote figure, I guess. You know, again, it's it's kind of highbrow, but it's somewhat interesting. Yeah, he, he's going for bigger things here, Mike. All right, he's he's trying to uh, be outside the traditional superhero <sighs> comic book. Well, how about this? Why don't you guess what I think of this comic book? Well, of course you love it. You think it's <laughs> of very course, similar. not only do I love it, I think it's one of the best single issues I've ever read in my life. How about that? That is a bold statement. Yes. That is a bold statement. Now, uh, let, let me say this about uh, Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, and uh, Neil Gaiman as well. I don't like any of them. Yeah. And, and the reason I don't think I like them is because I just, you know, I'm – I see what they were doing, and I see why they were so groundbreaking when they came in. I get it, because at the time, what they were doing was so new to comics, right, Michael? Like, no one was doing mm-hmm. this. True, true. But, you know, I read it, and it's like, oh, this is first-year creative writing students trying to show how profound and fancy they are. You know, and it's just, it, I don't know. I, I never find any of their stories engaging or all that um, Interesting, or like this. The, the two things we pointed out here, going through the book about the uh, why he thought he was the devil. That's one thing. But then the bullet. Yeah, you know, why not use the bullet the first time? Well, because then there's not a story, so you have to uh, put it right. off. And that's just bad writing. I don't know. You no, know, I actually for those two points, I don't really. I the way I see it is even the magic bullet. Like, okay, how did he know the magic bullet would bullet would work well to me that's not really important well, i don't care if he thought if he knew it would work i was fine with him thinking it's going to sure, work sure. but use it the first time you had the coyote right, right. there you shot him with yeah, the right. magic bullet you can the only reason to not shoot him with the magic bullet is because well the story would be over that we need to go another 15 pages but yeah. the other thing too is he didn't just have the bullet he had the bullet and the bomb right so to me it's like <laughs> it he already knew that he had three things he was going to use so it's not like you know he could use the magic but bullet if you know first. you have the magic bullet it's going to work yeah, Maybe sure. like he couldn't get close to him, so he had to shoot from far away, and he didn't want to risk the magic bullet Could yet. Be, yeah, but he was right fine, there. He was, he was, yeah, right he was there. Like three feet away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just the things uh, you know you look for when you're plotting a story. Like, yeah, that's a problem. We need to address that, and he didn't. But uh, but these were like no one was writing like these guys when they came in, right, Michael? Well, not only that, it's kind of rare to find people writing like this now. You know, like there are some. Thank God. There are some. (laughs) Well, no, that's why I don't read anything now. But there's there's some really good, really good writers like say Jason Aaron or Brian Azzarello. There are some really good writers, but I I still think all this stuff still holds up. Like Neil Gaiman, Alan Moore, all this stuff. So I still love it. I mean, it's not as good as US One, but I mean, what is? Oh, US One is a talking truck. You remember the talking truck? Oh yeah, awesome. Well, no, the truck didn't talk. He, he was just thinking. We we could. That's read the true. Yeah, let's not. Let's not get ridiculous here. <laughs> yeah. We could oh, read the truck. Last thing. I don't know. It's just yeah. Uh, I. Well, here, I don't know. well here's the thing. Because uh, this, I've read this several times. The only thing I noticed this time around is that, I guess you could say the plot is less cohesive than I remember because we spend some time with. Um, uh, Buddy and his family, and that doesn't really tie into the greater story, so you could argue that mm-hmm. that could be cut. But in the overall True. 26 issues, that's like maybe the one thread, right, that they continue yeah, on. Yeah, you need, you need that. It's an ongoing series, so you need right. that to keep the family. Right, right, going, right. You know? 
I like the ending with him showing them the paper. And he's like, oh, I can't read it, you know, because uh, this coyote thinks, oh, this is going to be my saving grace here. This animal man guy with the goggles and the goofy coat, he's going to save me. And right. then he can't understand what he's trying to do. You know? so, well, and also, he talk it, to animals. apparently he can't understand their weird languages. <laughs> well, these are cartoon <laughs> animals from another yeah. dimension, you know. <laughs> Well, it also ties in um, to some of it, like some of the ideas that uh, you know come back in Morrison's comics, like like saying, uh, like like looking for a better world, like the idea that superheroes in, on paper, like are, are are a better world than what we live in, and the whole idea that the these cartoon animals come to a different dimension, which is the DC superhero dimension, right? But then we're here in our world, like in like almost like another dimension. It's kind of like an idea he goes back to. Was Animal Man at this point in time really part of the DC universe, or was he kind of off? Like, was he, did he intermingle with DC heroes at this point, or yeah, was that did. later like, on? No, in, in the in the miniseries, I, actually, I think he joins the Justice League Europe right around this time. Oh, okay. Yeah, so oh. I think it, it, he he interacted with Buana Beast, Mirror uh, <laughs> <Buana> uh, <laughs> Master, yeah, and then later. So on, so he's he's yeah. going with a pretty high profile crowd. Yeah, exactly. He was right there with the elites. Right. On a beast, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, the Animal Man. Um, you know, Michael, I might actually read another Animal Man because uh, I hear tell that uh, maybe in the 20s somewhere, there's a book with a monkey on the cover using a typewriter. Yes, there is. <laughs> so I, might have to, <laughs> I might have to check that out. I recommend well, it. <laughs> I don't know. Anything else you'd like to tell the kids about Animal Man, Michael? Only that if you're listening to this, everybody should read it, and you might as well go back to the, the you know, number one. But this issue is where it really starts to go crazy. And then you can just read all the way through to 26, the, his last issue. And it's Were really they doing the, like, the fourth wall breaking stuff in the first four issues when they thought it was just going to be a miniseries? No, no. Okay. It, it, was, it was just more, it was more like a regular, you know, superhero, but it was just better. But this is where he starts to go a little crazy, definitely, because because this point he knew it was going to be an ongoing, so he started expanding on all the you know the ideas. So okay, I, th- that's right. This was issue five, and it was supposed to be four right. issue limited series. So yeah, look at that. I forgot about that. Um, all right, so uh, Mike, yo, I'm I'm guessing you give it a ten out of ten, right? Oh, how can I not? I mean, <laughs> of course it's a ten out of ten. I mean, unless you're including art. Well, but, yeah, you include the art. <laughs> That's why it's, it's a literally it's a comic book with art. Can't be, it, it can't be a ten out of ten because the art is so mediocre. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it a nine out of ten. How about that? Yeah, how <laughs> would you uh, describe like his art style? It's uh, is there anyone who reminds you? It's just very simple, simple lines. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it. The best thing I can say about it is it looks like a comic book, right? But it's just not a good comic book. Like he draws kind of like a typical bad. 80s 90s artists like it's just weak art no it's just not good yeah it's yeah. not impressive it's not terrible it's just not great Some of the faces especially when you're with uh his, him the guy and buddy and his family like those are kind of rough right yeah uh, good like the close-up of the wife a couple of those are pretty good yeah it's not but awful by any means good. but it's not yeah. dynamic or great it tells the story well enough you know right yeah and, and, and it, i get, I guess if you're trying to do a different kind of book uh, from a traditional superhero, I, I think the art kind of works, I guess. But I don't know. To me, it kind of drags it down a bit because, I mean, Doom Patrol had decent art by, I think it's Richard Case, but at least his art really suited the, the style of the stories. But I feel like uh, Chaz Truog is kind of mismatched with Grant Morrison, what, what he was trying to do. But the only thing I do like about it is that 
it's also it looks kind of like um it, it's not like super realistic. It looks more cartoony and like the yeah the, the colors are re- really bright. And I think that's what he was going for. So I think it suits it in that way. Yeah, it gives it like a lighter tone, exactly. a lighter feel right. to it. So, right. um, all right, Jake, what do you think? Animal Man issue five. Uh, I had a decent enough time with it. I mean, I guess it's kind of sad when the coyote dies at the end and stuff. So it's an interesting backstory that Animal Man never understood. But <laughs> um, so I'll give it a seven. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not. I'm not going to go as crazy as Mike L here, but you know, it's good. I was expecting like a three or a four out of you. It seemed like you didn't like it at all. But uh, all right, um, it's not really my cup of tea per se, but it is well written. Like I can't argue with that. Like, well, I think uh, it's right. overwritten. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Compared to a lot of Grant Morrison stuff, I found this much more palatable. So. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a couple extra points for that. So you're doing it compared to the Grant Morrison standard. <laughs> Yeah, on the Grant Morrison scale, this is the time. <laughs> I appreciate what he's trying to do here. Uh, you know, I like the, the general uh, thought behind all this. Um, I like that uh, Buddy Baker is now vegan. Good on you, buddy. Changing the world, buddy. <laughs> that last point. Yeah. That's why I can uh, I'm a big fan of Wiley Coyote, so, you know, I'm always going to pop for Wiley Coyote when he comes in. I like the cover, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I don't like Grant Morrison. I the art, like you said, it's okay, but it's nothing to get excited about. So, uh, but I appreciate what they're doing. So, uh, you know, I, I'll give it a six. How's that, Michael? Oh, there, that's much better than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, <Wow. laughs> I was gonna go five. Middle huh, of the road. Sandman guy, I think. Yeah, hmm. but I appreciate what they're doing here. They're trying something else, you know, they're trying something new. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't want this to be every comic I read, but you know, as a palate cleanser once in a while, it's it's good. Yeah. So I gave it a marginal thumbs up. Just for you, Michael. Michael's Mike uh-huh. favorite book, so I gave it a marginal thumbs up. There you up. go. Oh, wait, it's not just my favorite book. I sent you a list of the 100 best comics ever made, and it's number six. Anyway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Check it out. Number or, six. Yep, it's next. <laughs> Or number, wait, sorry, number seven. It's just below Watchmen. So there you go. You can check out that list later. Where was Kicker's Inc.? Yeah. Oh, that was number 11. It just missed the top. So. Damn it. Sorry. Uh, are, there, are there any other Animal uh, Man issues or stories that pop out, Michael, that people should check out? The monkey as, on the typewriter? Is that as like one? a standalone? Yes. I was just funny because I was just thinking about the the whole veganism thing. There is a standalone issue. Uh, it's number 15, and it's where Animal Man gets involved with some, um, what are they called? I think like whale, what do they call when they hunt whales? Whale hunters? Oh, like Greenpeace? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is a really, really good issue. If you're just gonna read one more issue, read that one, number 15. Well, read the one with the monkey on the typewriter. Okay, and... then read the one with the on the cover. Or 26, isn't 26 where he actually like meets Grant Morrison? And... Well, that spoils the whole story, so we'll cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, uh, that Chaz Truex, I read an interview with that Chaz Truex fella, and uh, he, someone, the guy asked him about that, and he says, yeah, he hated the fact that Morrison put himself in the book. And, and he said he was like drawn in the background, and you see like he'll draw a guy rolling his eyes, and he goes, that was me rolling my eyes when I was fucking reading that story. It was like, I don't know. He says, how self-indulgent could you be? You know, yeah, as true anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> there it is, Michael. Thanks for coming back to Flea Market Fantasy. Ooh. Hey, next week I got to pick a book. Ooh. So, uh, 
I was trying to think. I like to do the, the you know, I like to tie in the picks, you know. So uh, Kevin Jank picked an Animal Man thing with a coyote in it. So I thought, hey, you know what we're going to do? Uh, from 1983, Coyote Issue 1. Coyote? You mean Steve Englehart? Yeah. <gasps> oh. Coyote wow. Issue 1. And uh, I, I, you know, we don't like to do number ones, although we do them occasionally, because uh, I don't have any fucking idea what Coyote is. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, sometimes you got to start at the beginning if you're going to follow it at all. And I guess I, uh, Mike, you told me you own this whole series, right? Yeah, it, it featured Todd McFarlane's first ever pub- published art. And I sold it. Yeah, he did like a backup story in a, not issue one, but in a later issue somewhere yeah, down the line. 12 or something, yeah. Um, but the artist here for this, uh, the first two issues is a fella, Steve Lay, uh, Lay Lowell, hello? Yeah, Lay Lowell. I, don't know <laughs> I know you mean though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember how to pronounce it. But I looked at this art. Holy hell, is it really good? Yeah, he's good. You know what I just found out? You know who did some other issues of Coyote? None other than Chaz Truog. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that's where I was reading about it, because I was reading that interview about with him, and he mentioned Coyote. I'm like, oh, Coyote, that'll tie in nicely with uh, the Coyote in the book. So, yeah. Right. So, Coyote, issue one. I have no idea what this is about, Mike. I, I think uh, some sort of mysticism, like Southwest well, mysticism. Or something. I mean, I did buy the whole series, but I sold them before reading them, because, <laughs> as you know, the, the Engelhart bubble burst. So, I just got rid of them, everything. Yeah. So, I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> All right, Michael. Well, hey, Michael, don't be a stranger, you know. Well, hey, feel free to invite me back on for uh, Shocktober. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Five months and, from uh, now. Yeah, yeah well, have <laughs> Yeah, if there's another one in there, if there's a special, hey, any DC comics, how about that? Give me a call. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know what? You know what, Jank? Uh, usually we go off the line with the new, uh, with our little catchphrase that we say here, you know. But because Michael's back, how about yeah. we let Michael for old time's sake? <laughs> Say, All right, this catchphrase. There you go. Okay, so until the next time, disperse.